0: This podcast was inspired by an internship with the Museum of Motherhood. Please visit mommuseum.org for more information about the museum to find out how you can get involved and to help us strengthen our wonderful community of mothers. Again, that is mommuseum.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bethany. And I'm Amanda. And we're sisters. We are both toddler moms, but we have very different experiences of motherhood. So, we are on a mission to talk to different moms who all have different experiences. With a whole lot of laughter, tears, and probably coffee, we embark on a journey to experience motherhood through the eyes of others. Please join us on this journey as we explore motherhood through funny, loving, and very real memories. This This is is Mom Talks Talks with My sister. Sister.
1: welcome back to mom talks with my sister and her bad voice you know i thought i have a feeling this is going to be the last one with your
0: bad voice i also have that feeling i wonder why uh because we're good at strategically planning
1: <laughs> <laughs> that a, that like, like that thank you yeah it works <laughs> out but it has been it's been tough and i think that you know this is something that goes into the idea of making a podcast and you don't realize how much work goes into it when it comes to finding guests mm-hmm. you know recording with guests we've had some reschedules because it's a mom podcast and kids get sick mm-hmm. we've had technical difficulties because this isn't our full-time job what? and then this just happens just- your voice packs up and leaves Says bye, see you never, and you just keep you in the army. You Charlie Mike, which means C M Charlie Mike in the phonetic alphabet. Continue mission. Oh, look at that! I'm gonna do the rainbow. The more you know. There you go. Mm-hmm. So if I ever say to you, Amanda Charlie Mike, you know what it means, no? I think I like that
0: better than keep calm, carry on. Yeah, right. <laughs> just Charlie <laughs> Mike. Charlie Mike inside, right? So The other thing that I think we need to address is uh, the other elephant in the room. Um, you will hear uh, background noise in this episode. Um, but you know what? It's like you said before, it's a mom podcast. So we do
1: what we can. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do our best. There might be some husbands. There might be some children. There might be a grandmother. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> You know who could pop it. Maybe a surprise.
0: <laughs> maybe a dog. Might, might be a dog, <laughs> maybe too. A dog There's too. one of those.
1: So. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Mm-hmm. I started last time for a mom moment, so you start this time.
0: Okay, so I have a mom moment, but really, it's an aunt moment. I'm so excited. You wait till you hear this story. Okay. Okay, so I picked um, my daughter up from daycare, and she's got this... Um, this girl who is a little bit older there, who she's friends with, who she goes to, you know, she, I think she's in, like, middle school. She's probably going to be, like, a seventh grader or something next year, maybe a little bit younger than that. But regardless, um, picked her up, and they have become, since my daughter's been going to the state care, they have become, like, best buddies. Like, they are, like, literally best friends. Like, they get each other um, like Valentine's Day gifts and Christmas gifts and like just they're so cute together.
1: I just need to say that I absolutely love it when middle schoolers befriend the little kids. Yes. Because the same thing happened at my son's daycare. Yeah. And it's just like they get so excited to see the little kids and they don't have to. Right. And right. you know that it's like a genuine choice and it's very sweet. So it's one of those things that like you know we have memories when we were kids
0: of you know like being kind to to other kids I think like it's like it's cool that they're developing that relationship too right um but I picked my daughter up and her older friend that she um has at daycare said to me she goes she kept talking about her friend and I was like what do you mean she kept talking about her friend I was like oh, does she have like an imaginary friend already like I mean I know we're almost three but like is this like when it starts and she goes yeah she kept saying Bethany, 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 and I was like that's her aunt and she's like yeah bethany's my friend bethany's my friend oh my god i'm so her friend so that is my mom slash aunt moment of the week because really this is not about me this was a moment for you i'm obsessed i know she loves you
1: i watched this tiktok the other day and i almost sent it to you but i didn't and it was it was like the cool aunt in quotes and this this woman was sitting there Google searching what the kid was saying. And she was, like, Google searching how to reply. And it was, like, all this new slang, right? And she was, like, no cap. And the kid's, like, no cap. And she's, like, 100. And the kid's, like, I don't even know what it was. It was all this, like, young kid slang. And I was, like, that's going to be me as the cool. yeah. I'm going to be, like, let me just give that a goog. Yeah. <laughs> Do, you can still say that these days give it a goog? Like, <laughs> damn it. She'll love it. Uh, But that's gonna be me. I am always gonna be her favorite. I'm totally gonna be the one who bails her out of things. I'm sorry, Amanda, but she's gonna call me in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night and she'll always be safe. I'll make sure she's safe. But I gotta be that one that's like, hey, I got you. Don't be scared to call me. Yes. So Uh, I love it. Yeah. Can you do that for my son if you want? I (laughs) 100%. But.
0: So what was your mom, mom moment of the week?
1: Okay, so my mom moment is kind of, a, kind of a scary... Well, it's not scary at all. Kind of a sad, kind of a funny... Okay. Kind of a... Kind of an ominous moment. You'll understand in a okay. moment. So my son wasn't feeling well. And I think ultimately in the end of all of this, I think he drank too much juice too fast, was running around outside like a madman. So we're outside... And we're playing, and all of a sudden he says, in, in. And I'm like, in, dude, like, I have to, like, drag you by your ankles to go inside. Like, what do you mean, in? And he says, in, in, and he walks over and he pulls the door open and he just goes and he sits down on the kitchen floor. And my son does not stop moving. And he's sitting there and I walked in and I was like, buddy, do you not feel well? And my husband went over and picked him up and he's like, oh, he's kind of warm. I was like, well, let's like get him some juice or whatever, like let him sit on the couch. And he sits on the couch and he is not moving. We put on one of his favorite movies and he covers himself with a blanket and he's just not moving. And I said to Ryan, my husband, and I said, I don't know. He's never thrown up. Like, literally, my son has never thrown up before. And I said, knock on wood. And Ryan looks at me and says, why would you say that? I said, what? And he goes, that's like saying, at least I'm not pregnant. And I was like, but I'm not pregnant. And he goes, why would you say that? (laughs) I was like, I don't know. It's like 20 minutes goes by, right? All of a sudden, my son sits bolt upright. And I was like, oh, my God. And he pukes. Uh And I... Thankfully
0: caught all of it in the blanket. And the first time like they puke is that like their mouths just open and they don't really know what's happening and it's just like this like stream. Yes.
1: Yes. So I catch all this puke in the blanket and I scream, I need a bucket. (laughs) So he comes running with a bucket. We take care of my son. He pukes into the bucket. We get him a new blanket. We change him. He's now crying. Like I feel awful. My husband looks at me and goes, Well, you're taking a pregnancy test next week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess I can't fight on it. Good luck with that. Thank you're you. You're welcome. I'll let you know how You'll happens. have to report back on how that went. And we'll all find out together. Maybe I will end up being like Elena. Right. And maybe my voice packed up and left because I was pregnant after all. Oh, boy. I'm not good pregnant. Bar- good luck with that. I'm not pregnant. I'm saying it right here you're right now. I'm putting it out into the universe so it doesn't oh, happen. goodness. <laughs> so that is what I have today. Uh-huh. So, uh, those are good stories. thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think they were really good, and I'm so glad that I'm her favorite friend. You are
0: the friend, too. Yes. the favorite friend. Yes. Just remember, when it's time to be an aunt, you have to be an aunt. Not all. You can't be your best friend all the time. I just. You need to understand that. All right, but what does it mean? As an aunt, what are
1: my responsibilities? Just to be responsible. Well, I can do that. Okay. <laughs> as Long as you don't require require too much, I'm already a mom. So I, I feel like Anne has somewhere. to differentiate. <laughs> There's got to be a lot. All right, so we're going to move on to our guest this week. And this week, we are going to be hearing from Kim, our mom. Mama Kim again! Again! Very exciting. Um, today's topic is a little bit more uh, difficult to hear. So um, if you feel that you want to stop here and come back next week that's totally fine because today we will be discussing her experience of loss of a baby
0: yeah so this is going to be a tough topic so uh, like bethany said if uh, you feel like you cannot proceed we understand that is okay um Also, I would like to just say on behalf of our mom um, that she is a very fun lady, and even though we've had two very tough topics that we are discussing with her, um, there's also a lot of very happy moments that we've had, but um, unfortunately, and maybe fortunately because maybe there's some things, you know, within her dealing with some of the things that she's had to deal with um, that have helped her um, in other areas of her life as well as, you know, us, Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. So, with this topic, if you
1: feel like you need to stop, we understand. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that mom is a very fun person because in her pre interview questionnaire, she describes herself as, and I quote, I'm a pretty boring person, but my greatest accomplishment is being a mom. So, that? I still describe her as fun. I think if fun is a great description, I, fun. She thinks she's pretty boring, but hey. And you know what? She's a really nice lady.
0: She's a really nice lady. <laughs> so, with
1: that um, really nice lady, welcome back to the pod. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Of course. Literally any time. Got any more experiences to uh, pepper us with before we start?
2: No, I'm boring, so. Get out of here. <laughs> I share.
1: All right. So today is uh, a little bit more of a somber somber um, episode. We are going to try to keep it light um, yeah. as much as we can, but obviously we know this is going to be a difficult conversation.
0: We learned, um, the last time you were on the podcast, Mom, um, we you know, learned a little bit about how uh, you have four children, and I am your oldest, and Bethany is your second. But um, in between us, um, there was another child. So um, why don't you kind of, I guess get into after you had me, which I was a little bit of a surprise.
2: Um, Not like you weren't trying, but you weren't not trying type of a thing. Right. It was, I'm married now. If I get pregnant, I get pregnant. If I don't, I don't. And I did. did. Quick. And
0: so then um, after that, um, my understanding is that you were trying for another child. No. No. Okay. We'll take That's that? That's me. That's you. Um,
2: I'll I'll, okay. I'll explain. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so, after you were born, Amanda, we were poor. We mm. were broke yeah. because I didn't think about daycare. Did not think about daycare. Same. So, we had we had this all perfect plan that I would get pregnant the summer before or the uh, before the year before you started school, I would have the baby in June. So this was my perfect plan so that I could stay home from work for three months, go back right after your birthday. When you started school, then I would only have one in daycare because you went to all day kindergarten. So that was my great plan. So that meant that I had to get pregnant in, let me do the math in my head, September of 1990.
0: Okay.
2: So that I would have the baby in June of 1991. So we had this great plan, get pregnant September of 1990, have a baby in June of 1991. So when Amanda went to school in September of 91, I would only have one in daycare. Well, that didn't work out because surprise, surprise, fertile Myrtle here <laughs> got pregnant a year early. So I got pregnant in September of 1989. And I had a baby that was due in June of 1990. Mm-hmm. So you would have had so two So I would daycare. have had two in daycare. Fretted about that a little bit, but what was I supposed to do? I was, you know, gonna have a baby. So I was excited. Um, Everything was okay. I didn't, you know, I was pregnant. I was more sick with morning sickness with you, Amanda, than Than I was with this baby, but I looked really pale all the time. Don't know why I wasn't really gaining weight. Don't know why. But, you know, i go to my visits and everything was good. I mean, and
0: obviously, too, I didn't mean to cut you off, but obviously, too, you know, not that it was that long ago, but it was long enough ago that we'd done, we, there wasn't the same type of technology, you know, or the same te- type of testing that you can, can get nowadays,
2: right? I, right. I would imagine. So I got to about 16, 16 weeks. And I woke up and I was having some bleeding and I didn't, I didn't experience that with you at all. Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect to experience that, but with me not feeling well and all of that, I called the doctor and they brought me in and they said, well, you know, it could just be, you know, a late, you know, implantation or a deeper implantation of the pregnancy than, you know, we would usually see, but, you know, just... Go home, stay off your feet a little bit, and, you know, we'll do an ultrasound.
1: Before we go too far into the pregnancy, um, Amanda at this time was
2: three. She was three, going to be four going to be in four. September.
1: So did you tell her at this point that you were expecting another baby, or did she not know?
2: Um, We had talked about it, but I don't know if she really knew didn't my only memory of this comes later
1: okay i just wondered um for future when you did end
2: up with
1: with the ending editing how that impacted amanda so
2: so um we went home that night and the bleeding seemed to you know get less um but i went in for an ultrasound and um they did a transvaginal ultrasound uh, so they could see things better. And um, they said they saw a little spot of where it looked like the placenta may have like just pulled away from the uterine wall a little bit. And you know, they said, we just want you to take it easy. And um, they said, would you like to know whether you're having a boy or a girl? And at that point I was like, yeah, you know, I, I was scared that something was wrong because none of I this was a totally different experience in my pregnancy with you. Um, so they checked and at that number of weeks, they could see that it was a boy. <laughs> and I was like, girl, boy. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, we started thinking of boys' names and, you know, picked out a boy's name, but I still wasn't feeling great. And Um, a couple of weeks later, I was resting on the couch and I felt like I just needed to like put my feet like up. I don't know why, but it just felt better to have my feet up. So I was laying on the couch and I had my legs like up on the back of the couch. And all of a sudden I felt this like pop. It was the strangest feeling. I was like, what the heck was that? I got up, went to the bathroom, and I was gushing blood. So. Can I ask
1: you just out of my personal experience, because that's how I explain like my water breaking, is that kind of
2: pop. Ah, Yep. Would you say it was similar to that or nothing like that? My water, with any of you, my water never broke. Okay. They always had to break my water. Um, But as soon as they broke my water, it was, I mean, my pregnancies were, total labor for you was six hours total labor for you was three hours Corey was just over an hour and allison was one hour and one minute
0: (laughs) but i think yeah because like when we described it before i i described it like this like the snap of your your nail i don't have nails right now but you do
2: i guess it kind of felt like that when they since you guys didn't have to have your water broken you did i did it was like like a crochet hook looking kind of a thing that they just... Yeah, she she didn't, didn't
1: see it. I didn't see it. She didn't tell me she <laughs> me. Oh, I got to look That's at that fine.
2: stuff. Well, she just did it without telling me. She, she just did it without... Yeah, she didn't tell me. She, yeah, but I she,
1: she
0: was experienced kind of experienced like that. that same Yeah, that scene that snap, I, I, yeah, I yeah, felt like it, I heard snapping. it. Yeah, snapping.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, what the heck was that? But I didn't have like... I, I thought at first I was like, am I going to have like... Did my water just break or whatever when I heard it? I was like... It was just strange.
0: And I'm sorry, how many weeks were you at this point?
2: 21. Yeah. Almost 21. Okay. So um, I literally went into the bathroom and I just remember saying to your father, we have to go to the hospital. He's like, oh, what? So we had to call my mom to come watch you. And we got into the hospital and they did an ultrasound and they said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to stop this. And I forget the name of the drug that they gave me. I can't remember. They gave me a drug to try and stop contractions. But after they did the ultrasound, they said, we're not gonna be able to stop this. You're, you're gonna go into labor and there's really nothing that we can do because they said if you they said if you have had been 3 weeks more we would have tried to do heroic efforts and but they said at this point at I was just under 20 week 21 weeks they said that the baby would probably have severe lung problems because her lungs weren't mature enough and I begged them to try to do something and there was just they just said there was nothing that they could do and I said, so so now what? And they said, you're going to go into labor and you're going to have the baby. I said, I have to wait and deliver a baby that you're telling me will, you know, it's not going to make it? And they're like, that eh, that's pretty much it. So I just cried and waited for things to, to happen. Was dad
0: with
1: you?
2: Yes.
0: Well- can I, I know this is a mom podcast, but can I ask what,
2: what dad's reaction was?
1: I'm actually, also very, I was going to ask the same question. He, he pretty much,
2: he cried as well. I mean, he really wanted a boy, and this was his boy. <laughs> so um, we just kind of waited, and I all of a sudden started feeling contractions, and um, it didn't take long, and we were just... we were. They didn't take us anywhere special, anywhere quiet. We were just in a room in the emergency room. And I think they've changed this a lot now. I mean, I didn't go up to the labor floor. I did, I mean, nothing.
1: I didn't, I I didn't, didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah.
2: And... and bedside manner has come a long way. Oh, know. yeah. that That's definitely different. And there's other things that happened that I'll explain um, that were very unfortunate that would never happen now. Because... Um, Again, this was in 1990. Um, like when I was pregnant with you, I never even had an ultrasound, I not one. Yeah. So. Um, By you, she means Amanda. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um. It was, I I don't want to make this sound like callous or whatever, but having a baby that's that small, <laughs> it literally felt like pooping. (laughs) It wasn't like having a baby other than, you know, like the contractions, but, um, were the contractions as severe? I don't remember them being severe. I, I just knew that I was bleeding and that, you know, they had to I'm sure it was almost
0: like a shock too, right? You know, oh, when I was body, When your body yeah. goes into shock like that, and you they, they say that you don't feel pain, and so I'm sure... I, I don't remember
2: mean, it being painful. I, I just, I don't, which is a good thing, I guess. Right. But no the pain you... wasn't physical. down, like having baby pain. The pain was in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It was emotional pain, not physical. Yes.
1: Now, when you delivered... Did they have just an emergency doctor come in, or did they have an OB
2: come in? My my OB's partner was there. Okay. And he wasn't a very touchy-feely, didn't, you know, he wasn't a warm hug it's kind of a guy. Standing. He was just very matter-of-fact, like this very, is- um, just, this is what happens, and here you go. And so he was born, and... He weighed 12 ounces, (laughs) so it was like the size of a can of Coke, (laughs) you know, just a regular can of soda, can of beer, whatever. His eyes were fused shut. Um, But he was breathing so shallow, I thought he he was born sleeping, you know, Mm -hmm. I was still born, but nobody said anything to me. So they wrapped him in a blanket. Sorry. No, it's okay,
1: Mom. I know, we're all crying. No, this is a tough one we knew it was going to be.
2: They wrapped him in a little blanket and they handed him to us. He was, you know, just barely fitting, fitting our hands. But they put a hat on him and handed him to us. And it seemed like we were holding him for quite a while. And then all of a sudden... He just took this gasping breath and it scared the hell out of me because I did not know that I thought he was dead. And I called the nurse and I was like, he's breathing. And she said, yeah, he's, you know, he'll he'll go on his own, but you know, he's not gonna make it. So we just held him and he lived for about five hours. We didn't didn't
1: even know, sorry. I didn't know it was that
2: long. Yeah. And, you know, we just held them until, you know, they said, I, I don't even remember them coming in and saying it was time or if we just said, you know, we said our goodbyes, whatever. And people didn't have, we didn't have cell phones then. So there was, you know, no, you know, there was no way for us to take Pictures And we didn't even think about, you know, bringing a camera or a a video camera or anything like that for this situation. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought maybe I'd go in and they'd say, oh, yeah, it's just more of what happened before. And, you know, we'll get the bleeding stopped and you'll be fine. So um, they came in and they took like Polaroid pictures and um, they asked us if we wanted them and I said to myself then uh, I know I don't want I don't want them and I kick myself now for that but I didn't want to remember him like that right so they said well if you change your mind you know we keep you know we'll take his blanket and we'll take everything and we'll put it in a box and you can call and get it so um, I just remember they, they just sent us home that night. They said, now do you want to have a funeral, or you know what? What do you want to do?" I was I would I had no idea, and I just said because they had something that they called ultimate disposal, which I didn't know then what I know now about that, and they would I found out later when it was too late and I, I don't, I wasn't trying to be cold. I was just in shock. I didn't even know how to react to any of this. And I said, no, you know, you can, you can do ultimate disposal which means he's cremated, but I didn't get any ashes. I didn't get, I didn't get anything because when they do something called ultimate disposal, they all, any buddy that they get mm-hmm. goes into a collective. Yeah and they're cremated together so when I was not completely over the shock of it all but we they let us go home that night and you know then of course you got to tell everybody which that sucked you know just you got to call everybody and say you know we're good but this is what happened and you know, then when I got over the shock of it, I was like, you know what? I want that stuff. I want the, the, the his blanket. and um, Actually, they let us take the blanket home that night. They give us a box. So I had his blanket and I had a little hat that he was in. Um, but as far as the pictures, I wanted to get them. But they said that they had gotten rid of them. They said they, sh- they should have kept them and they did not. So I never got them. But doesn't bring him back so I and like I said I probably would never look at them again because it was just it's just how it's shocking how fragile and but how much they look like a baby I mean you know they're they're a baby had all 10 fingers he had all 10 fingers he had all 10 toes His skin was very transparent, but that was my baby. So we uh, decided, we named him Eric Jonathan because your dad wanted to call him EJ. (laughs) So we got a birth certificate and a death certificate that were both dated the same day. But... We went home, and it it almost, the hardest part for me after that was I breastfed all of you guys. Well, my milk came in, and it was so painful. (laughs) I mean, I, I had, like, rocks for boobs, and it was so, it, and, then it just brought back all the, you know, this wouldn't be happening if I had a baby that could, you know, take care of this for me. <laughs> so, and my my brother had just had a baby a month before that. So, that was hard. You know, I was happy for them, and, but it was a little hard to see her just because, you know, you thought they were going to have... You were going to have cousins growing up together. and But, yeah, that's, that's how the actual, that piece of it went.
1: I know, I don't know where to <laughs> go from here. <laughs> so when you got home and you told Amanda, do you remember having to tell
2: her? Do you remember... How she reacted, if she even understood. Um, I remember telling her, and I don't know that she really, I just remember her saying, Well, it's okay, you can have another baby. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, in an innocent little kid's
1: yes, you know, view of the world, mm-hmm. she wasn't wrong. It's okay. You can do it again. Because
0: I remember how I remember the conversation is. At least this was my memory of it. And again, we're talking very young. But you know, I've shared previously how I have very early memories. But I, I remember asking you, "Mommy, where's the baby?" Yes, you I did remember. ask me that.
2: I came home and, and and you did say, "Mommy, where's the baby?" And I said. You know, the baby went to heaven, Mm -hmm. and you said, but that's okay, you can have another baby. Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) Mom. When was the last time we all sat together and sobbed? (laughs) I know. Therapy. This is our therapy.
1: And it's, you know, it's something growing up, again, like this is something growing up that we've known was part of our life. Right. This is not something that we we talk about. And I think for a lot of women who experience this, this is not something that they talk about. And and it's okay because who wants to, you know, relive this trauma? This is this is heartbreaking. Like I mean it's I can't imagine sitting in your shoes telling your story this way so openly and vulnerably. And you know, we're crying and I wasn't even born yet. Like, but I think that it's so, so good to have women like you that are willing to open up about their experience and say, it's okay to talk about moreover. It's important to talk about, right. um, you know, a very good friend of mine recently dealt with a different, but similar situation. And her big thing too is that she wants to talk about it because she doesn't want people to feel alienated, you know, and she may or may not do the podcast one day. I don't know. Um, but you know, it. people, you're not alone when you, when you lose a child and it's not something that goes away. So it's, mm-hmm. it's important to talk about, even if it's 32 years later.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I think, I think too, though, that like, it's, sitting here talking about it you know like you said it's something that we've known like for us as siblings like we knew about it our whole lives and you know we've shared you know stories or you've kind of you know told us little things like here and there but to to sit down and have like an in-depth conversation you know like this but it's never anything that we've shied away from right right I
2: mean it's not anything that I'm not one of those people that Someone asked me how many children I have. I, I say four. I don't say five and one died. I, I'm just, that's not. I, I feel I, like
1: bringing that up just is constantly bringing up pain too. Right. Because you have four. I have, yes, I have four. You had five. I did. And now you
0: have four. Right. And it's also, you know, to each their own, you know, even if there are people out there that, you know, say especially no matter how long or short of a period um, their child may have lived, um, it's kind of how you decide as a person how to deal with it and handle it. And I don't want to say get through it because that's not really the fair statement to say, but how you, you know, just process Process it it and get through your life right
2: the one thing that I will say about it is that it's something that I would never wish on my worst enemy because you deal with things like that because you have to and you try not to dwell on it but the very act of it and the shock of it and the all of that is very tough and it's something that you really really don't want anyone else to experience yeah
0: no I I think that that's a very I don't know it's weird saying this to my mom but I think it's a very like mature stance on it you know not feeling like you know I don't know
1: So obviously today things are a little bit different. You didn't post up on social media that you were expecting. So you had a smaller community of people to inform about the loss. Um, But what was that like for you when people asked you, you know, what happened to the baby or weren't you expecting or?
2: i didn't never shied away from telling someone if they asked me. I didn't go out and like share the information with like say there was someone that I hadn't told. I didn't say oh you know what I was pregnant and I lost the baby you know so it was nothing like that but you know if somebody asked me I was honest and you know I'd explain to them and you know that I had a placental abruption which is where the um, placenta pulls away from the uterine wall and then the baby can't get the oxygen and the nutrition that they need Um, and when that happens it causes bleeding and um That's how I knew I was in trouble, and when I got there, they said there was nothing they could do to stop it, and it would just get worse, and, you know, that I was going to lose the baby, so I would just, you know, explain, but I didn't openly, you know, share with just everybody, you know, basically, it was family and people I worked with, and because I didn't, like, like you said, there was no Facebook, so there wasn't, like, people I went to high school with that I, you know, knew I was pregnant and would follow up, which, I mean, was a good thing. So basically it was just family and close friends. And then I didn't, afterwards I didn't, like I said, I didn't go around and tell people, oh, I have five five children, but one died. I, you know, if someone asks me, you know, now, I remember, it's important for me to remember, but I don't need to share that with other people. I have four beautiful children. That's what I have. Yeah. So
1: moving beyond the loss of Eric, um, you had more children, obviously, at this point. Amanda was your only. And then you had three children following Eric.
2: What was that like moving forward from the loss I knew that I wanted to have another baby. The doctor, you know, said when I went for my follow-ups, you know, you probably don't want to get pregnant for a while. And um, like I'd said earlier, my ultimate plan was to be pregnant in September of 1990 and have a baby in June of 1991. So in September, I got pregnant with Bethany <laughs> and my plan came to fruition it worked exactly the way I wanted it to because you were born in June of 1991 Amanda started kindergarten in September of 1991 and I only had one in daycare So as sad as you know losing Eric was and I would not give back paying for daycare right you know, if if he would have lived, but then I think to myself, I probably wouldn't have had you. Right. But then again, maybe I would, because Corey was born a year after you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So maybe I don't I don't know, yeah. but you know we just moved forward, and the scariest thing was when I was twelve weeks pregnant with you. I had bleeding and I just remember being in the bathroom and I saw the blood and I freaked out inside my head, not outwardly, but I freaked out inside my head and I remember telling your dad and he goes, oh no, here we go again. So we had to go in had another ultrasound. They found nothing. It never happened again. And everything went as planned. It was a perfectly normal pregnancy other than that one time that I had the little bit of bleeding. And did they ever Did they ever give you a reason for that? Was that just
1: deeper implantation bleeding that's, like they yeah, suspected? Yeah, that's what they
2: said. It was probably just that. I mean, they were a little worried at first when I told them what happened before but they didn't see any signs of that. And everything progressed normally, and I don't know. I just, I I can't help but feel that something was wrong with that pregnancy from the beginning, because I just didn't, like, I felt, you know, how they say, oh, you're glowing when you're pregnant and all of that. I felt good with Amanda. I didn't feel right. Now, I've seen pictures back from then when I was pregnant and I did not look good. I was pale and I wasn't gaining weight and I was skinny back then, <laughs> so not gaining weight.
1: But I think that's big too is to, you know your body best, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you, you have to listen to the signs of your body because I know, I know my body really well. The night that I got pregnant, Might not have been in the night, the exact night, but it was probably, I think it was two nights later because we were at camp and I looked at Ryan and I said, I'm pregnant. And he said, you don't know that. And I said, I do know that. I said, I know that I'm pregnant. I can feel it. I know that I am pregnant, you know, and sure enough, I was pregnant and I talked to my doctor about it and I said, I was having cramping that I don't normally have. Like it was very distinct and it was very different. And she said, some women can feel the implantation process happening. She said, most women cannot, Mm -hmm. some women can. And I absolutely believe that I was feeling the implantation process, but that's because I know my body and I was listening to my body. Right. And I think In this instance, with you, the same thing goes with red flags, not just with getting pregnant. It's the red flags of, hey, something's not right, and making sure that you listen to those red flags that your body is giving you and and following up with them. Because, you know what, who cares if the doctor thinks you're overreacting? Exactly. You know, you you go in and you speak up for yourself and you you say, no, there's something wrong. So I ended up having preterm labor and I kept telling my doctor, there's something not right. There's something not right. I'm having these horrible pains. I don't know what they are. And I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. And she finally said, okay, go on into the ER. And I went and I was having preterm labor contractions. And it was in March. It was, I will never forget this date. It was March 5th. And I was, I was in... The hospital and I was terrified. Again, like we discussed with your daughter having the rapid spike in mm-hmm. temperature and being scared of a seizure because of our life experiences. Yeah. When I went into preterm labor contractions, I was terrified because of our life experiences with, with what you went through with Eric. So listen to listen your to bodies, it. listen to yeah. yourselves. You know yourself best. So yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else you want to share regarding your experience or anything
2: for other moms that may be dealing with this? You just got to take it one day at a time afterwards, and no one can tell you what's normal to feel and what's not normal to feel, and, you know, the the whole... It's, it's hard for people to know what to say to you, too. And I understand that, you know, because you, you get a lot of, oh, I can't imagine. And inside you're going, no, you're right, you can't. Right. Or you get, oh, I know how you feel. And, and that's one thing you don't want to hear, but they don't know what to say. What, you know, what do you say to someone? And, you know, I just kind of took what they said with a grain of salt because I know that no one was happy that it happened and no one you know meant to say anything wrong but you're just super sensitive cuz your hormones are going after that because you know your your body's trying to get back to normal your uterus has to shrink down and you know your hormones are just going and going and you just kind of got to do what's right for you and if you want to talk about it talk about it if you don't want to talk about it don't talk about it until you're ready you just got to do what your what feels right to you. Yeah. I think that's good advice, mom? Yeah, I absolutely agree. So and the only other thing I'm going to say is that you try to put it out of your head but for me it, I don't outwardly think about it but it's it, it's it's there. And it was a life that you created that I want to say in, in the grand scheme of my life, it probably made a difference because if that hadn't happened, the rest of my life would have been different because I may not have, you know, had Bethany. I may not have had Corey. I may not have, probably would not have had Alison. So, I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason, whether they're good things or bad things and, you know, the bad things suck. But you you deal with them the best that you can and you move on and you have memories that's they're not always things you want to remember, but it's part of your life. So you turn that page and you just keep reading and keep going, next chapter. (laughs) That's beautiful, Mom. That's beautiful.
1: Do you want a mom, ask a mom this week? Let's ask a mom. All right, let's ask a mom. Mom, would you be so kind as to spin this wonderful wheel that is in front of you? We are going to ask you another question from friends, acquaintances, buddies, buddies of buddies buddies of ours that do not yet have children of their own that would like a specific question answered by women that do. Let us know what you got. Here we go. That was a solid thing. I know, right? She's going real fortune. Today's question comes from D. She's 59 years old. And she has chosen to say that she does not fit into any of the situations above, which were, I do not want children, I do not have children, or I do not know. Her question, oh, this is a really great question. This is a great question, D. How do you handle an angry child in a public setting that you have no way out of? I love this question. This oh, is man. a really good question. And mom, I feel like you're going to have a completely different like, ability to answer this question because of Allison and her inability to control her anger. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would say with Allison, I have to remove her from the situation. I, I if, if there's no way out of it, then with her... You can't reason with her. I just kind of have to try to get if it's if there's no one else there that can help me, because with Alison that and her special needs, if you can get her away from the person she's angry with or out of the situation, it's it's much better to have that. But with a child without special needs, geez. I guess I would just say you got to handle it with you have to be calm so that they can't because your anger or your frustration then makes them more frustrated or more angry Um, I would try to get their mind off of whatever it is and try to get them into another thinking about something else that would take their mind off of it. That's how I would handle it. I'd...
0: Yeah, I was gonna. Or do you wanna go? Sorry. No. So I, that's kind of what what I was gonna say is um, distraction is probably my number one tactic. I will say I'm gonna kind of do a two parter kind of thing here. So with Allison. Um, one of the times that she has gone to Disney's, because we talked about how they also goes to Disney worlds every year, because she's, she's the favorite child. She's the favorite. No, but like there was a situation where I think we were in like the Lion King show or something, and she was having an absolute meltdown. She did not want to be there. The Tiki Room. It was the Tiki Room, and she did not want to be there. And uh, luckily, we did have it was both mom and I there to try to get her to like you know calm down a little bit. But she's you know like a child very angry yelling being loud being disruptive to people around her you know during you know a show essentially and um you know trying to remove her from that as best we could um but I will say with my own child um and situations where you know she's having a complete meltdown in a situation that you're like Dear God, please do not do this here. Please, please let's 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 hold this together. Um, I was gonna say literally what you said, Mama. We've never talked about this, so I must have I must have learned from the best. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, like trying to um, trying to if we can't remove from the situation, remain calm, remain like is even though on the inside you're having a total meltdown yourself because you're like. Oh my God, stop. Like, but you have to just kind of distract from that, remain calm and distract. Like there'll be times where it's like, she's having a meltdown about like this thing in this moment right here, mommy, look at this. I can't handle this. Oh my gosh, what do I do? And I'm like, have you seen the cloud in the sky? Like, you know, <laughs> where it's like, or did you see, do you see that purple dot in the wall at where? there may not be a purple dot in the wall, but I'm going to distract her to get her to look at that purple dot and find that purple dot that doesn't exist because now we're taking away that whatever is upsetting her. That, that is my experience so far, just having a toddler and dealing with Allison.
2: Let's hear about the I, answer. I am really
0: interested to hear this answer.
2: <laughs> I don't have a good answer. <laughs> I'm ashamed.
1: Um, I, I outwardly remain calm. I inwardly panic but my outward remaining come it tends to be a shutdown (laughs) i don't know what to do i'm so bad at this and so i find that i get myself stuck between the judgmental person that i was prior to having a kid of why would you let your child behave that way now i get it i'm sorry i was so judgmental Mm And now like, I'm not letting him, I literally, I'm trying my best and he's going to do what he's going to do. Right. So there's this part of me that's like, I don't want to be that person that I used to judge. Um, but also I don't want to remove him every time because as a a human being, he needs to learn how to, be in a public situation Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be one of those parents that just removes my child from that situation because then he's going to think well I don't want to be here let me just start acting up so that I go right um so I at this point in my life I don't have a very good answer for this I guess I try to distract um I'm not a big proponent of snacks so like a lot of people who will go to food to keep their kids calm I personally choose not to um if it's bad enough, I will. Um, I guess I just kind of play it by ear for the specific situation. And you know how, how how much leeway I have for leaving the situation, how much leeway I have with the people that I'm with. Because if he's misbehaving in a friend or a family member's house, that's gonna be very different than being in a restaurant with, you know, friends or family and then a bunch of strangers. But also,
2: I'm not going to bring him to a situation like that. You brought up um, Disney um, before, and Allison having her meltdown in the tiki room. Because mm-hmm. there was no way out of that. Yes. Like, because you're in... I just remember the old couple that was next to us when she went, No! Yeah. I just remember them. their heads, like, snapped. Because she looks like an adult. Right. right. But they didn't realize Um, But I did have um, one time at Disney where a cast member um, saw that I was struggling with her because she was upset about um, a character meet and greet. We waited in line. We just got up there and it was time for the character's break. Oh, no. (laughs) So... The character went off and she's like, no, I want to see the character. And I, I tried to explain to her that they're coming back. And the cast member was very nice and started talking to her. And it totally distracted her from, you know, what was happening because we stayed right there. And she started telling a story um, about, it was um, one of the Jungle Book characters. And um, she started telling a story about how somebody was trashing the camp over, you know, and they had to go check on the camp to make sure that the camp was okay, but they would be coming back and it was just great because someone stepped in and helped when they knew that I was struggling. See, now that's huge, right? It's when you step in to
1: help, help a stranger. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've learned. This is one of the biggest things, and I don't remember if we've already talked about this, so I don't want to harp on it. Stop me if we've already covered this. But I have learned so much. My husband and myself—we talk about this all the time. When we're in a store, and it's always the elderly couples, and and our son is screaming, and we're just like, buddy, we gotta just we gotta finish grocery shopping, like, and and they're like, you're doing great. Like we have all been there. Don't you worry. He's not bothering a soul. Like you guys are doing great. That goes so far. And like I said, I was such a judgmental, excuse my French, bitch before I was a parent. I was, and I'll be the first one to say that about myself. Like I was, I looked at other parents and I was like, my child, if I ever have children, which at that point I didn't want children, but I would never let my child act like that. Nope, I would remove him from the situation. And now as a parent, like, I'm cognizant of how just ignorant I was to the situation because so many parents struggle and they don't want to disrupt the public. I don't want to disrupt the public, but it's like when, when a stranger steps in and even just offers you those words of you're doing awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, or offers to distract your kid for you. Like that goes so far. And I, for one, like I am, am finding myself being that parent for other people. And I'm like, you know, I'll talk to their kid if their kid starts screaming or whatever. Right. You know, and a lot of the times it, they thank me and, you know, it does it. It does. It
2: goes a long way. It
1: does.
2: When you were little, Amanda, um, I don't know why. You, you had a daycare that you absolutely loved, teddy bear daycare. And there was one day that you were just giving me such a hassle about... You that's, kept running off and you kept... You didn't want to put your coat on. It was winter. You did not want to put your coat on. You um, wanted to stay with Doreen. You didn't want to leave. And I just was talking to her and I said, okay, it's time to go. If you don't want to put your coat on, you don't have to put your coat on. If you don't want to put your boots on, you don't have to put your boots on, but we're leaving. And I literally picked you up Mm -hmm. and I put you on my shoulder and walked you out the door. And the next day, the daycare director um, said, you know, she said, "Can I talk to you for a minute?" And I was like, "Uh oh, like am I in trouble wait, for what I <laughs> do? Are you gonna, you <laughs> she know, didn't say I am, say <laughs> I literally. abused my child or something?" <laughs> and she goes, "I just want to let you know that yesterday what happened." And I'm like, "Oh, here it comes, here it comes," because I was 22 years old. No, I was probably 24 because you were about two years old. Okay. and you know, so fairly new parent. And she says, "I just want to let you know that yesterday that whole situation with Amanda not wanting to leave." You handled that perfectly. You did not let her take charge. You took charge. You let her know. And in in my head, I went, yeah, I'm rocking being a mom. <laughs> That's not that, like self-high five. Yes. Dress, that, like, <laughs> you've,
1: got to, you've got to take those but it's yep. It
2: helps, like you said, to hear those words yep. and know that you're doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so I think on that note,
1: moms... You're doing great. You're doing great. We are so proud of you.
0: Each and every one of you out there raising your kids, doing it day by day. No matter your situation, you got this, and we will be your cheerleaders. Oh yeah. And do you want to know why? Because all three of us sitting at this table right now, we're cheerleaders. So we got you. G-O got you.
2: Oh, go moms, go. Hell Ooh, yeah. I knew
0: we were going to cheer on this podcast. <laughs> and now we have like a group of listeners that's like, well, I'm out. I'm so oh,
1: out. They told you
2: I was fun. <laughs> I thought I liked you
1: guys, but... <laughs> So all right, well, Mom, thank you so much for joining us again and talking about this incredibly difficult topic yeah. and you're welcome yeah as
0: tough as it started and you know we tried to keep it as light as possible. We understand that there was a lot of tears flowing I'm sure not just by us sitting here right now but people listening but to come back and kind of end it on a on a better note but um, there are now the good thing I think is that there are resources out there for people, um, you know, much more than unfortunately you and you know generations and before you that had to deal with this kind of stuff. So yeah, things have changed a lot for the good, right? We can't always say that, but I think for this something like this and this topic, I
2: think that things have really come a long way. Right down to what they can do that early in in a pregnancy, yeah. there's a lot more things that they can do, and. There's a lot more resources to help you when there is an ending that's not what you want.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget to listen to
1: your own body. Listen to yourself. You know you best. So. All right. Until next time. Hopefully my voice will be back. (laughs) Hopefully her vacation will have been, you know, just short. She doesn't need a vacation from her vacation. Vacation from her vacation. (laughs) (laughs) She's got to come back. All right, it's time to get back to work. That's
0: right. All right, guys. Love you. Thank you for joining us. Love you. Love you. Bye.
1: So you're saying she's lying. (laughs) I'm just saying she's a really nice lady. (laughs) She's a really nice lady. So with
0: that um, really nice lady, welcome back to the pod. Welcome back. Please note, the views and opinions shared by our guests are just that, opinions. They do not necessarily reflect our own views on topics discussed. So please keep an open mind while listening, as nothing about our podcast is meant to be hurtful or exclusive. Thanks for joining.